I'm going to start with the story, and I think it's funny because last week Adam talked about some yard work. I'm going to continue. I don't know what will happen next week, but there will be maybe another series of yard work stories. Um, so when I was a kid, um, I was probably, I don't know, 10 maybe, um, and I can remember this particular summer. It seemed like summer. Um, the, my memory doesn't necessarily cause me to remember that it was summer, but just because it was so hot. Um, and what is really funny is we had just gotten this, like, you know, I don't know how big or big it was, but this little black and white TV that sat on the kitchen counter and the novelty of not having to read the cereal box. I'm going to take this off because that's going to distract me. Um, the novelty of not having to read the cereal box, but also now I can watch the news, which is probably part of the, my problem now. Um, because while everybody was outside during one particular summer, I was home watching Oliver North in the Iran-Contra hearings. I've always loved politics. Not the, not the harsh part about it, but anyway. Hold on. Let me steer back to where I was. Um, so I can remember they were talking about how hot it was going to be. And my mom was like, don't worry about doing the mowing today. It's going to be too hot. Plus, your dad said um, the big green beast we had needed to get some, some repairs. So I was like, okay. But I had, am I still on? Okay. But I had this thought of, I'm going to do it anyway. That would be really cool. Because my dad doesn't even use the push mower on the whole yard. So I was like, I'm going to do this. This is going to be amazing. And um, so I spent all day outside. Um, I was very excited. I had just gotten my new set of headphones from my grandma with the orange fuzzies. From She, she got them free from Time Life Books. And I had my Duran Duran CD, or no, tape, Woo, tape in there. And I was very excited. So I was jamming away. I get to the back of the, like, I would say property. It wasn't that big. Back of the yard. And I saw my dad on the back porch. I'm like, sweet. He's going to be so proud. Like, it's, I was so excited. Put the mower away, cleaned it up, dumped all the grass, went in. And what I was met with was disgust and frustration and anger, um, partly because, um, I mean, my dad was in a healing process, but he had mastered the row and the square in the yard. I, like, I still to this day, I cannot, and I, I've not tried. Well, I've tried a little bit, but I can't master it. But he had really mastered, like, just the way it looked, and it looked really well, and I did not do that. And then he was, like, you know, that was foolish to do it with the push mower. We had a pretty big yard, all the things. And um, unfortunately, I would not ever mow the grass again. I mean, that hit hard because I realized I was, I had worked so hard to get his approval. And I spent, and I would probably go on spending the rest of my life working for his approval. Um, is that, I feel like I'm making some, am I okay? dip it down. Um, is that good? Okay. Thanks, Logan. Um, um, if you want to turn to Matthew 11, if you have a Bible, a phone, a device, I'm going to encourage you to bring your Bibles. I like books. I like Bibles. But I'm also one of those readers. I can't just read it from my phone and remember it. I have to have the book to help me remember it. So we're going to go Matthew 11, 28. 
says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We've been in a series um, called The Way. I'm talking about Jesus. Um, the attributes of God as they pertain to Jesus. And um, we're sort of moving into how to live like Jesus. So now would be the time, if you still have those what would Jesus do bracelets, to pull them out. Because they might come in handy. Um, Last week, Adam talked about breakthrough and responding to what God, to what we see Jesus saying and doing as as it relates to the kingdom of God being at hand. Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. My first point. You have to come to Jesus to get rest. Rest won't ever come outside of Jesus. So um, a couple, so the past couple of weeks I've been pretty sick. Um, just a sinus infection, but it's like it's been the worst. Whole face, all the things. I think I asked my husband a handful of times, do you think my teeth are all going bad at the same time? I was convinced. I was truly convinced that I was going to need to get dentures by the end of this whole ordeal. Um, And it was sort of, I had what I call my fitted sheet week. And, you know, when you fold a fitted sheet, does anyone know how to fold a fitted sheet? You sort of fold it and then you roll it into oblivion. That was, that was sort of my fitted sheet week. And um, I might suggest if you say that, say it really slowly and very carefully because you don't say it so fast. Um, so I, I was just tired and I was exhausted. Sorry, I'm going to put my phone in my pocket. Um, so I came in on Wednesday, and this is going to be my quick little plug. If you haven't been to the prayer set on Wednesday morning, I think it's 7 to 10. Is that right? Yep, 7 to 10. It's amazing. Um, it's, I, just, I walked in, and it just felt like syrup. It was just his presence was so thick. And I just sat back there in that back little corner, and I just bawled like a little baby. Um, I was exhausted, and all I could do was say, Jesus, I need you. And I share this story not for any other reason than maybe you don't even understand how to exchange what you have for peace. And so this is sort of just a practical, this is what I did, and this is how I sort of operate with Jesus. So I closed my eyes, and he showed, he was showing me this picture of me standing in this, like, little desert area, some little bit of, little bit of grass, and, um, I was sort of running my hand along it thinking I was so proud of myself because I was in a place that had green grass and it, albeit it was a very minimal amount of grass. Um, but what he showed me, like he sort of turned me to the side and it made me really sad because he showed me this huge, huge hill. And um, there's a place in Virginia called the Peaks of Otter and it sort of reminded me of that. It's almost like a mountain, but it's all green. And um, lots of lots of life in this place, flowers and birds and all the things. And there was a road that went around the mountain or hill or whatever. And um, what was funny is I had been in this place for so long that I couldn't see anything else that was around me. 
he asked me a few questions and all I could do was cry. And they were, those were more of the rhetorical questions that he and I both already had known the answer to. Um, and then he just took my hand and he said, do you want to follow me? And all I could say was, you know, sometimes, and this is probably the first time I've ever been this honest with the father. I said, I sometimes don't trust you. And I sometimes, I go back to this little girl and I'm still longing for that approval. And he's like, I know. And that, that was it. And in that moment, the exchange happened. I, there was no great big prayer. I didn't have to, I mean, sure there was repentance, but I just gave him whatever it was that I, little bit I had, and he gave me his peace and his rest. John, in John 15, 4, he says, Jesus says to the disciples, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit apart from itself. <coughs> It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. And this is the place where we work from. We are in him like the branch, getting our nutrients from the vine. You can't produce fruit outside of Jesus. He is enough to sustain what you need in your work and in your home. Apart from him, there's, no ten there's a tendency to overwork and overproduce and not be still. The work of growing fruit is usually goes, almost always goes unseen and it's quiet. You don't see fruit straining or overworking to produce itself. And the hardest work we'll ever do sometimes is to come to him, remain, be still, and be quiet. This is the work that must be done. In Matthew eleven twenty nine, 29, it says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your soul. My second point is be faithful in your work. Be Just like in our prayer room, cultivate faithfulness. Stay where God has put you, if that's where God is telling you to stay, and be faithful. <coughs> Some of you might need to realign your hearts with God's heart for where you're working. We all have varying degrees of scenarios and, and experiences that we're in. But I felt really strongly that the Lord is, is encouraging us to be faithful where he has you. Cultivate his faithfulness. His yoke is not complaining or doing work half-heartedly. Do it with all your might like as you're doing it for the Lord. He is faithful and he will sustain you in your work. Whether you work in the home or you work outside the home, where God has you is purposeful. It's not an accident. Also, likewise, there are, <coughs> excuse me, there are some of us that work has taken on a bigger role in your life than you, um, and you're burnt out. I mean, short of like the pendulum has swung. There's rest here and there's work here, and the pendulum pendulum, pardon me, has swung so far that you're not sure what to do aside from quitting your job. The pressure to perform and to be at the top of your game um, is probably like no other time in history. It's tiresome. But Jesus itself, I mean, God himself said work isn't bad. In, in um, Genesis, he rested on the seventh day. He's, he made the whole entire world. He made everything, and then he rested. 
God set the precedent for our work rest schedule. After six days, he created everything he rested, and it wasn't because he had to. I mean, there's nothing in him that needed rest. He doesn't need anything. But he modeled something. Like, how kind of him to model. I'm just overwhelmed again by his kindness that he would model, I'm going to do all of this work, and I'm going to, I'm going to call it good. And what you're doing, whether you, and I feel like this is a word from the Lord right now, what you're doing, whether you feel insecure or secure or anything about it, it it's okay to call your work good. Like, I feel really strongly the Lord's like, it's okay. I don't want you to walk in this place of shame about what you do for a living, unless maybe it's not a good thing and it's a crime or something. I don't know. Um, there was nothing in him that needed the rest, but he modeled for our bodies and our souls that we still need rest, which is what I might add, Chick-fil-A is closed on Sundays. There was a study done that product, productivity, that's a weird word, productivity per hour dropped sharply anything past 50 hours of work in a week. That same study would go on to say that we're actually less productive if we work more hours in one week. So allowing ourselves to be overworked can lead to burnout actually and actually hinder our productivity. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> and I was thinking about Martha in this situation. And we all hear about Martha and... Um, I sometimes think she gets a bad rap, but I also think um, Jesus was right there and she couldn't stop working. Like just a couple of chapters prior to this, he raised her brother from the dead. He raised Lazarus from the dead. And I have to think that part of Mary's response was because of what he did. <clears throat> you can be so overworked that you don't even recognize when Jesus is in a room. And sometimes Jesus will bring you to a place of forced rest, which I think is sort of what he did with my sickness. I mean, he didn't cause it, but he definitely used it. So Jesus is offering you his yoke to hold on to and for you to let him lead you into rest. It doesn't really matter what it looks like. Jesus will show you. He's really good at giving you exactly, as my good friend would say. He gives us what we need. <clears throat> my third point is his way of leading and teaching will bring us rest. The yoke that we put on animals is purposed is in pulling heavy loads and leading them. The yoke of Jesus that he is offering is not one that's heavy. It's not tied to responsibility, and it's not tied to what we should do. He was inviting those around him to be disciplined and let him lead. And I almost feel like he was saying the way to be led will be unlike anything you've ever experienced before. I won't put rules and burdensome expectations on you. Rather, I will lead you with my humble and gentle heart. This invitation, the way Jesus explains it, is, is his kindness. It's his nature and his heart for us. How do we rest and how do we manage our lives with, work, with a work rest, 
rest rhythm and get it to a place that not only gives us, but displays the qualities of Jesus. I think part of this can be tied, like I said earlier, to the prayer room where God has you cultivate that place and be faithful. In the past few years, there seems to be a lot of conversation um, around the topic of rest and Sabbath. And um, I haven't read all of John Mark Comer's book. He wrote a book about it, or I think it has the subject in it. Um, But I've listened to a couple of podcasts that he's been on, and um, something I didn't realize is that Sabbath is actually not just a day off of work. It's not just a Saturday where you don't have work at the office, but you might have work at home. Sabbath is meant to be like a day off rhythm, whereas rest is meant to be a daily rest. It's a daily rhythm. And so it's, um, I know Adam and Carrie's family do it, and Kara McGill, our worship pastor, grew up doing it. And it's sort of taking the day where you delight in Jesus, your time with family. You have that really sugary, yummy cereal that you don't have all the week, all week, but you have it that one specific day. And you do things together as a family. Maybe you leave, I know there's some some talk about leaving dishes in the sink. You don't do the hard stuff. It's just a light, sort of fun day. Um, And I, yeah, so it's, a, it's an intentional time with family, whereas rest is the daily practice. It's like coming in, putting your keys on the little spot wherever they go, hanging up your coat, and it's sort of like shutting off your brain from work and going into rest mode. A few years ago, um, I was sitting on the couch, and um, I was, it was late. I was getting ready to go to bed, and um, you notice I took my watch off. It's because it will give me notifications when I get a text or an email. And it's I primarily use it when I go running, but um, shout out to my friend Margo. But um, when I looked at it one night, it was, I don't know, it was about 10.30 or 11, and I got a notification in an email. And let me just say right now, there are almost never an emergency email at 11.30. If there's an emergency, you're going to get a call. And no emergencies are usually going to be fixed in an email at 11.30 at night or 11 at night. And I'm like, I'll just open it real quick, and I'll just see what it was. Um, And that in and of itself isn't necessarily bad, Um, but there was also a study, that same study said that the moment your brain shifts from rest into work and you think about work, you have just released all the stress hormones that you would feel in a normal day. And it can take hours for them to leave your body. So you can maybe feel like you're at rest, but I don't. I don't think that's true rest. Um, yeah, I didn't have a I didn't have a great work rest relationship, and I didn't know that I didn't. Um, I don't know honestly if I didn't until really the past couple of weeks. And I was talking to Randy about this when we were talking about the sermon, and it's amazing how many times the sermon that he said that we will get to do or that we will do will be the thing that God will be healing us of, changing us of. There will be some sort of something that God has for us specifically. And so I think he's really teaching me about what rest looks like. Um, And so fast forward, 
to this past Christmas, 2023, I kid you not, I got a text on my, or a notification on my watch that I had an email. And I thought, what? I thought I set my out of office. So I, you know, we set our out of office because we take the week between Christmas and New Year's off. Well, I had, but what had happened was it was set for the next day for Christmas Day, whatever reason. Um, but I thought, oh, I'll just, I'll just see what this is. Because I could see who it was from, and it was, I was kind of curious what it was about. And I'm sitting there, and we're driving around, and I was like, what am I doing? What in the actual heck am I doing? It's Christmas Eve. Why am I reading a work email? So I shut it off, went home, put in my, made sure my date was correct, which it wasn't, and then I logged off of my phone with my email. And I don't check my computer, but because it's logged into my phone, it will come into my watch. So I logged completely off, which was great. And I had never done, I hadn't actually ever done that before. Um, because I just, I made it too easy for myself not to be fully at rest. Just like a quick tap and I was back at work. And I don't necessarily, yeah, I don't necessarily think you have to have a balance of both because you can only balance those things that have equal value. If you don't have a value of both of these things, work and rest, there will always be a natural imbalance to your work and your rest. Rest is a gift that we get to receive and put it to use. And I wasn't resting or working well because I had not settled in my mind to keep my work during work and keep my mind like not at work when I was at home. I would stay into work mode until I would turn off. I had to physically turn off my phone and my notifications. And I can do my best to turn off my thoughts, but not always and completely in regards to all of my work. But what I can do is I can turn off the notifications that drive my thoughts towards my work. So how do you set a rhythm of rest and work? Do you know how to rest or what to do when you're resting? I'm gonna tell you, you won't accidentally fall into rest. It's not a pothole that you're gonna hit. You gotta have to, you're gonna have to make a plan. And what was it? The Lord told me something last night and I was gonna tell myself I was gonna remember. If, if you don't plan, it's basically sort of like planning to fail. If you don't plan to do it, you're gonna plan to fail. Um, and I don't want to hang too heavy a word on the word fail because we're not trying to work to get something or to be good. We're not trying to be good at it, so it's not about failing. But if you don't make a plan, you won't ever have rest. More times than I can count, I could probably count, but I did not. Um, Jesus went away. He left who he was with, and he went away to be with the Father. When you're not at work, be present to God and your family. When you're a workaholic and you're overproducing and overworking, you're not living the thing you believe, whether it's the trust of God, the sovereignty of God, his peace, his nature, your striving. Um, as John Mark Comer says, and I think it's kind of funny, 
um, you're not smell, you're not selling the thing you're smoking. Like you're not giving away the life of Jesus by overworking. Overworking is not a fruit of the spirit. Work is so much more than what you get paid for too. Some of us work in the home and there are some of us who work from home. So if you work in the home, it may not be practical to rest in home, in your home. You may have to go out, go for like whatever it is that you have to do. Like when I'm at home on Mondays, which is my day of rest, my Sabbath, I typically am not home all day because I'm constantly thinking about the things that I need to do in the house and that's not enjoyable or restful. I don't always typically do housework on that day. Another thing that I do to help me switch off my brain from work mode is thankfulness. Practicing thankfulness can shift my focus from producing into the kingdom to just being at rest in the kingdom. It shifts our focus to acknowledging what Jesus has done and is doing. Part of the rest is resting in the finished work of Jesus. We have nothing to earn and no approval or standard to meet to receive his love. There's also the thing, and I did not remember to bring it with me. Um, Brandy has talked about it for the daily examine. Um, if you don't have that, I will make sure to make copies and I'll get that or I'll get it online. Um, and it just goes to the end of your day. And um, I love it because it's just a way to sort of shift my focus um, back on Jesus. And another thing that I loved is so um, the Jewish people start their day at sundown. And so they start their day in rest. And I would encourage you to do a couple of days of practices of that. Go to the prayer room and start in the evening and just start your day at rest. God called work good. He saw what he did and he said it's good. Then he rested from all of his work. He rested from all parts of his work. Our ability to work from rest is directly proportionate to our ability to rest from work. I used to think that the Sabbath was really about like what I shouldn't do, what I can't do, um, more about rules. Um, and really it's a much more of a practice of um, just delighting yourself in the Lord and just being with him and being with your family and enjoying that time. So maybe start a practice of a Sabbath. I mean, maybe it doesn't have to be a whole day. Maybe it's like a half a day. And that's okay. Like there aren't, there aren't rules or expectations. Nobody's going to check on you. Um, but yeah, I think it's good to, to, make, to begin to practice something different and something new. Um, yeah. Can I go ahead and invite the ministry team to go ahead and come on up? Um, the yoke of Jesus is easy. What rest looks like is not as important. Remember that your Sabbath rest is just one day. One day set aside for the Lord to be with your family. 
and your rest is your daily practice. It's how you restore the day and you get back with Jesus. We don't earn rest by working, but we work from rest. So if you need rest, if you're weary from work, come and get prayer. Or if you have a physical need, come and get prayer. Because Jesus is enough for whatever needs you come with today.